What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cabbage Cart Podcast, where we'll be discussing all things Avatar. That includes Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, the graphic novels, and books. Fair warning, this podcast will contain spoilers for all Avatar content. With that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. So really quick, I did just want to point out how cool it is. Uh, I just want to congratulate Atuat for being a really unique character because she's the only person ever from the Water Tribe that doesn't have K in her. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's so Katara, Kona, Noata, Sokka, like yeah, 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 uh, Hakoda. Now Unawak <laughs> doesn't, but like the Q makes a K sound, so that doesn't really count, you know. I wonder what it's just. I guess it's a cultural thing. It's definitely yeah. You know? It's so weird. Like, but then where did Atwat come from? I, w- I want to look that up. I want to see if it like means. Something. I feel like she's Northern Water Tribe. Definitely, definitely. Well, yeah. I mean, that's where they go. Yeah. Are you ready to get into uh, part two of this book? Let's do it. So well, last time we left off, um, where Yoon had just busted up that paint room. Yes. And he killed uh, a bunch of people. A bunch of people. Atwat, Kyoshi, running around trying to kill who they can, discarding the dead. You know, kind of a brutal scene. And now it's the next morning. It's the aftermath of that. They're, they're at breakfast in the fire palace still. Right. They're on about, it's Hiran and Rangi having, Ranji having breakfast together. And Kiyoshi comes in to that. And they're trying to plot, like, what's our next move? Yeah. Um, and he Hiran says, it'd be helpful if you could talk to Karuk. And Kiyoshi admits, I, I can't do that. And no one's surprised uh, by that. But so Hiran uh, makes the plan. It's, let's go meet up with one of Karuk's old friends, friends before he met any of us. And they're going to North Chung Ling is what she mentions, correct? Right, in, which is in the Fire Nation. Which is in the Fire Nation. It's, in the, it's another island. And Rangi is pretty adamant about not going there. Yeah, is too risky, correct? kind of uh, not a good move. You don't know, they don't want to be doing too much. Well, we don't know exactly why. She hasn't admitted exactly why. She doesn't want to go there yet. That's true. That's true. That's just kind of the vibes. I, I mean, but if you think about who Ranji is. Right. I, it's easy to draw that conclusion, I think. You can I kind of so surmise why she might do that. And then they speak about Yoon, and it's not making, it's not adding up to them because they know Yoon, and he's out for revenge, but they're, they say he's not a trained killer, and he runs like, Right, about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what? So she explains the story that um, the guy who dies in the first book, Master Mock, the waterbender trainer to Yoon, um, he gave him poison training, but he was also training a mock to kill. And this was Jianzu's plan, part of Jianzu's plan. Right. A mock was on board, and he reigned. He ran was not feeling it. She was just an accomplice in it. 
I think really is what it was. She, she, she turned. She tongue. turned. Yeah, she turned yeah. a blind eye. Yes. To it. Yes. Yeah. And Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi. I mean, obviously. Oh, Rangi gets pissed off. Ranji gets pissed off. Hurls the table down down this balcony. Um, yeah, off the, the edge of the like a. They seem like it was pretty hot. Like they're high up in the palace, right, and this right. shit comes crashing splinters <laughs> when it hits the ground. Imagine just being a passerby, like, <laughs> hearing them arguing. What I if, imagine it's just like I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like you know, it'd be funny is if there was a cabbage cart. Uh, oh yeah, salesman down at the bottom, <laughs> <laughs> and a table crashes into his cabbage. My cabbage. That's great. That's great. Uh, come on, FC. Come on, dude. You got to throw a little cabbage cart. There's got to be a game. cabbage reference eventually. What if, the, what, if the, what if there's a whole lineage for the cabbage cart guy? Just like well, there is. we see it in Korra. Well, yeah, we see the future, yeah. but I want to see the history <laughs> I want to see the, the history cart. of this cabbage What if guy? he's like a fifth-generation cabbage salesman? You know oh, I mean? he probably is. <laughs> and it's just the Avatar that been fucking with him since day one. <laughs> yeah, the Avatar Just crew. destroying the cabbages. Every In the wake of the Avatar's journey, it's always cabbages that get destroyed. That would be a great introduction to uh, the cabbage cart guy. Yeah. Uh, or it like goes back to Avatar Yoon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not Avatar Yoon, Avatar One. Yeah, I know what you I mean. Always I always keep doing mean. that. I, I always do mean. that. I get it mixed up too. Yeah. Because I, I want to call him Avatar Yoon. Right. Because in the first book, it's basically all he was referred to as, you know? Right. And then, so back to the book, he ran, can sense Kiyoshi before she even says it. She's like, Kelsang had nothing. Like, yeah. we kept we kept Kelsang in the dark about this. Yeah. Too about, pure. Uh, too. Right. He was uh, even though he was with the with the team Avatar, he was still a, he, he wasn't a White Lotus. You know what I mean? He was an right. Air Nomad, so they wanted to keep him. He would never agree to it. Right. Yeah. Um. Something. So Ranji is really distressed about this whole situation. Um. Just feels like Ranji constantly feels like they're not doing things properly. She's the one who's most scared. Like, all oh, this is wrong. And what she mentions is, did you know this is the 6,454th day in the era of Kiyoshi? Which is just a cool detail about the world. And Kiyoshi brings up it's a really archaic and traditional um, calendar to go by. That So is, is it like... It, how, how long has that calendar been going on for? I think they talk about it. I think it's since... The era of Avatar One, is it? So is it? Is it been? But it's days, so that doesn't make sense because six thousand days is like twenty years. Well, that's about how old Kyoshi is. Oh, so it's 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 literally Kyoshi's no, because she's like seventeen in this book. Well, no, she's seventeen in the first book. Time has gone by. I so... think she's like still seventeen. I think she's like eighteen. I, th- I think I think more than a year had gone by by this point because because remember she, uh, she, uh, Heyran's healing in the North Water Tribe, uh, Kyoshi's going around just smacking fools around all across the Earth Kingdom and now even into the Fire Kingdom, right? Fire uh, or Fire Nation. So I think we can assume that maybe some time has gone by. I mean, we'd have to we could do the math on it, you know. Yeah. But I think I I think it starts from the from when they're born. Not necessarily when she was found to be the Avatar, but when mm. she was born. Mm. That could be. We need to look into that. I bet you we can find out how. Let's do it. Let's find okay. out. 
Let's see. So how many days is it? I'm going to do this right now. 6,454. So, all right. So let's do this. So 6,000. How much? 454. 454. Divide by 356. 65. Sorry. 365. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? 17.6. Okay. So she's 17. So she's 17. Okay. So, so yeah. So, so, which I, okay. So here's something cool I think about that is that, yes, it's very archaic. It's, it speaks a lot to Ranji because Ranji is very traditional, traditional, very honorable, but she also loves Kiyoshi. So she actually is like keeping, yeah. te- she's like, Checking she's got, the dates. She's got, you she's got, got it's like cow. a prison cell when you go into a room. <laughs> there's just tally marks all over the wall, <laughs> keeping track. She's probably got, you know, from like, uh, <laughs> you know, from Hey Arnold, how uh, they, they got a <laughs> the shrine, shrine in the closet. You know? <laughs> Ranji's got a shrine of Kyoshi in her closet yeah. made out of bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So they set out, they're setting out to North Chungling. Yep. And as they're getting ready to go. Well, so before, yeah, okay, so I see where you're going. So before they're getting ready to go, as Heyran's talking about all of her discretions against her honorability, she comes to the conclusion that she has lost her honor. Right. Cuts off her top knot. Right. Which, as we know in Avatar, big deal. Iroh does it, big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Zuko does it, big deal. Right. So right. for Heyran to do it, like we we know even before, like this is a this is a very important right. Thing and Jianzu does it to Ranji at the end of book one yeah. to disgrace her. Yeah, it's a big deal, and obviously, but but Heyran is adamant about doing it. Uh, Atua is like a witness, you know. Well, and before they leave on the journey, Heyran talks to Kiyoshi and says, "There's." places well right after right after that yeah yeah there's places that my daughter will not go that you need to go for her right you know and kiyoshi have a private conversation yeah we're not talking about like a physical place we're talking about like emotionally there's places that he ran or that ranji just cannot go because she's to go yeah because yeah in for her and for others right kiyoshi has to go there for others and for ranji because Ranji's so noble and honorable and right. like true to the Fire Nation way, she can never do it. Right. And that being said, he runs like, you need to use me as bait for Yoon. Yeah. And if it comes down to where I die, you need to take Yoon out. And I'm going to do it to so you can take Yoon out and Ranji can never know about it. Which this. is very conflicting because she also made a promise to Ranji that she would always protect her mom. Right. Right. You know? So it's like... We're already starting to you see. You don't want to break a promise between either of these fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. The two top dogs of the Fire Academy? Are you kidding me? Right. No. Don't want to do that. So they set off on this mission. We have Kiyoshi, Ranji, Jinpa, Hiran, and Atua. All climbing aboard my boy y- uh, Ying Yang. Ying Yang. Ying Yang. Ying Yang. Yeah. The, a- the five-legged bison. Yeah, I love him. I know, dude. So this is like in in the first book we had Team Avatar was the flying opera company, and now she has like another Team Avatar going on. Yeah, she has like two Team Avatar. Yeah, that's why Kiyoshi's special. She's like, look at all my homies. <laughs> got friends all over the place. I got homies in different area codies. <laughs> that was bad. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You should be sorry. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so the next chapter they arrive in. Um, in North Chungling, uh, while they're going there, you see, you see, uh, 
like Ranji and Hiran's mother daughter relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because what Ranji's like, like I hate traveling with my mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's like, didn't you just do this to the to the Northern Wilder tribe? And she's like, yeah, but she was unconscious most <laughs> of the time. Yeah. She's like, she was comatose. And everyone kind of feels that, like, with it, it's like, oh, I love seeing my parents. Okay, I've had enough. Like, yeah. you know, where you're just like, okay, I'm yeah. exhausted. And what we see is that uh, Kyoshi actually ends up falling kind of more in love with Ranji because she's seeing her, like... Human side? Yeah. Because Ranji's so like, ugh, formal my mom. all the time. Ugh. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah. ugh. And uh, it's kind of, it was a cool little dynamic in the relationship right. that uh, that I really that I right. thought was... And I think Kyoshi actually specifically says that. Like, she couldn't help but, but love Ranji even more. Yeah. And so they go to Yo- uh, North Chungling. So the purpose of going to North Chungling was because R- Hiran knows somebody there that may be right. able to help Kiyoshi connect to her spirit, connect to Karuk. Right. And then they arrive there and they find that. Oh no, we do know why Ranji doesn't want to go there because it was tip- pr- traditionally a very spiritual place. Right. This is what they discover as they arrive. Oh, true. Okay. As they arrive. So North Chungling is a typically typically or used to be a very spiritual place. It's a place people would go to to experience like spiritual enlightenment and because of that it's turned into like a tourist attraction, uh gambling dens and also it's completely lost its meaning. Now, this is similar to what we see in book two of Korra. Um, Unawak, they go to the North Pole to celebrate. Is it the North Pole or the South Pole? I can't remember. To celebrate the Glacier Spirit Festival. And Unawak the whole time, it's a carnival. And he's like, this used to be something true. Like something yeah. religious. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. That's, that's how I pictured North Chungling to be. And Ranji's point of view on it, take on it. Yeah. I think North Chungling, when I think about it, I think it's almost supposed to be like a fire, uh, Ember Island place, but without all of the illustrious wealth. And, you know, it's it's an impoverished town, but it's also was at one time very spiritual. Now it's just a gambling den. Right. And it doesn't have the wealth or prominence of any of a lot of the other fire nation uh, towns. It's kind of been like... Almost forgotten about in some ways, just like kind of like a dirty farming. There's a salt mine there, and that's really the only thing they got going for them besides a place to go. And they have like some crops, but they're not. Yeah, it's not like an export. It's not a big. It's just kind of like a little cheap little gambling town. Uh, you know what? And she also she related to Yukoya, how it's like was once you know something, but now it's it's just impoverished. Nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, the main thing, though, being is that, as Ranji says, that it used to be a very spiritual place, and now mm-hmm. it's fallen from that. Mm-hmm. We learn a little bit about Haran, uh, Haranji, Hiran, and Ranji. <laughs> Ranji. <laughs> I kind of like that. That, was gonna, <laughs> that actually kind of works. Haranji. Haranji. Maybe that's how we're referring to it together. <laughs> um, about their tribe. They come from the Sinaka, and their tribe didn't have anything... Their their land that they came from, they there's no crops. They no didn't fish. Yeah, no nothing. So they bred the best warriors because they had nothing else. So they're like, all right, we're gonna be fucking fighters. And sure enough, I mean that worked out for them. Yeah, well, that's why we learn why 
Hiran and Ranji. What was that that you called them together? Haranji. Haranji. That's why we learned that Haranji are uh, as strict as they are. You know, that's why they're at the top of the fire academy is because that's all they have. Right. And if they don't have that, all they, they have is their honor. They, they fall into oblivion. Honor. Yeah. Then their then their clan is nothing if they don't have their honor. That's why it's so important. To and them. now we're talking about two fire nation nobles who don't have their top knot. You know what I mean? Well, Ranji has her top knot. It's grown back since. Oh, that's since, true. Since that's true. But, but but either way, they've been defiled in right, some way. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, hey, damn. It really it makes you feel for them. Right. You know what I mean? You're like, damn, these people. They, all they want is just to be the best. Mm-hmm. And it's coming with a price. I want to be the very best. <laughs> no one ever was. They're just like constantly blasting that as like they're like training. <laughs> Oh, oh man, I want to see. I want to. <laughs> I want to see like a uh, Ranji growing up, and it's like a montage, and like <laughs> it's just the Pokemon <laughs> theme song playing. <laughs> that would be great. Okay, so little fan fiction thing. Somebody needs to put together, dude. Somebody needs to do that. Somebody much more talented than us. Uh, All right, so where are we at? So we're in. So right now we're in North Chungling. They're meeting with, if we can pronounce it properly, okay. now I'm getting nervous, <laughs> Nayahitha. Nayahitha. So Nayahitha and... Hitha. He, Nayahitha. Nayahitha. The. Okay. All right. <laughs> God. We, the first time we read this, we're like, like, both of us were like, I can't say that name. <laughs> Hell no. There are hard names to pronounce. It wasn't until we reached out to your brother to like, hey, how do you pronounce this? We had this? to ask And then he like, he like rattled it off yeah. right away. But uh, so, so Nayahitha, let's explain who he is. So Nayahitha was, a, was a, a friend or companion of Karuk, and that's how Hiran knows him. Right. He was kind of like a spirit. He's an old fire sage, fell from grace somehow, decided not to be a part of that. I can't really quite remember all the details about it. I don't even know if they go into it. And now he's here... Uh, in basically like this like fortune teller hut which is a scam which we find out is a scam right um but he's still he's still a fire sage so he does have some kind of spirituality to him and he understands he understood karuk so maybe he can help kyoshi now really what he's doing he's running this scam because there's natural gas underneath north chungling and for that reason you cannot firebend on chungling because the place might explode. So he's got this tent that he's pumping. He tells people we're going on a spiritual adventure, but like he's just pumping gas. So they like hallucinate in this tent. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, so this is where we find out that it, Chung Ling was actually not a spiritual place. People were just getting fucking high yeah. off of this gas yeah. and hallucinating. <laughs> and, uh, and Nayahitha is there now playing into that saying that he's like an old fire sage that can show you the spiritual ways but he does and then and charging people so he doesn't obviously because Kiyoshi's the avatar and she sees right through what's going on she calls him out on it but he doesn't bullshit her and he he does he does have insight and he does tell her he's like look Karuk battled with father glowworm many times and because he was never defeated um that legacy you're kind of cursed by it yeah you're cursed to finish that legacy and then they hear a commotion going on outside yeah 
Yeah. And what happened? So so he's basically explaining, all right, you're basically cursed with the, this old battle. They go outside to hear what the scuffle's all about. And who other other than Lady Huazo, mother of Shajin, is there in town causing disruption. And so, matriarch of the Sao Wan clan. clan. So one thing that is important to note about this altercation is that the town's very impoverished and it's a gambling town and they'll typically throw up whatever banner of whatever clan right. is in town that day to make money. To make money. They don't do that to the Sawan clan because they're privy to what the Sawan clan's trying to do. They're trying they understand They're loyal to to Firewood Zoryu. They're yeah, they're loyal the loyal to Zoryu and they understand that the that the Sawan clan is trying to like uproot that and and gain control and power. And so they're watching the Salwan come through and, and they like, start arguing with the locals there and they're like, oh my god, what do we do? And all of a sudden Hey Rand bursts out of the tent and she's like, Huazo it's so good to see you. Like, she he Rand actually settles it down. Yes. yes you know, she's yeah. like and it's like, oh my god, like putting they're old friends, image. old nobles. Yeah, they're putting on a little. F- they're trying to save some face. And then Ranji also knows Huazo's niece, Kaolin. Yes. So when she approaches Kaolin, they're like, oh my god, we're old. And friends. she knows she knows Kaolin from their old fire academy days right. because they were both at the top of the class. So in, they were actually rivals. And Kaolin was like brutal and mean. Well, we don't know that yet. Because at first, Kiyoshi's jealous. Oh, She's true. like, what's going on there? Okay, <laughs> yeah. hold on. <laughs> hold the phone. Who's this girl? Um, Never mentioned me. her before. Yeah, what's up with that? Because they, they hug. Because they... I'm about to avatar state her ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to avatar state your ex, dude. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, I thought I was your first lesbian lover. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, which is true. They weren't yeah. friends. They weren't friends. Yeah, we find that out. I mean, yeah, so well, we find it, that out. it turns out it turns out Well, Ranji goes back to Kyoshi and says, No, yeah, it's not about that. This made is... her life miserable at the academy. She yeah. hates her, but they're just they're all saving face. Mm-hmm. And then they um that kind of settles everything down. But right at the end, someone hurls a ro- as they're leaving. Someone hurls a rock at them. Um, uh, so, uh, the locals of North Chungli throws a rock at the Sao Wan. Kyoshi stops it midair. Yeah, Kyoshi earthbends it like into oblivion. Yeah, like, she yeah, like, like sends like, that Pew! shit like flying. <laughs> um, and so they're like, okay, crisis averted. However, an hour later, there's a commu- commotion going on. Uh, before the commotion, though, we find out that uh, the reason why the Sawan is in town is because Huazo oh, right. bought the local salt mine. Right. And uh, now... And it's, it's trying to... Because, like I said, that's their only export. Right. right. And she's trying to destroy supporters of Zoryu, basically. That's why she's this. there. Yeah. yeah. She's in, she's imposing her... She's using her wealth to impose her presence and influence on a town that is local to Zoryu. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that town, Chungling, they ain't having that. You know, no, they ain't have. No. They don't. They don't like They're that she bought it. Yeah, in fact, they they talk. They say that the guy that sold them the salt mine is like has been shunned. Right, and basically, what's what's going on is earlier Zoryu is talking about the conflicts he's having amongst the Fire Nation and the 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 uh, conflict that's growing between these clans, and now we're seeing it. Yeah, this is what. Yeah. So now this is what Kiyoshi it looks like is on the ground to that. 
Correct. And then, so at the end of the chapter, there's a commotion going on, and Kiyoshi's like, oh no, it's happening. But it turns out it's it's the citizens of North Chongqing. One of the merchants threw up the camellia flower to sell to the Salwan, and they beat the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Like a community, like, st- like stomp fest. Dude. Yeah, so... Kiyoshi's like, God damn it. Like, it's been an hour and these people are already turning on each other. Imagine when they start fighting. What if this really erupts? Right. Like, what if they start fighting the Sawan? Yeah. If they're going to if they're gonna turn on each other gonna about this. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. It's going to be ugly. It's going to get ugly. But it can only get so ugly because you can't fucking firebend here. You know what I mean? Right. It's interesting. So it's like, so we're, I'm expecting right now, I'm expecting a badass, you know, brawl. Yeah. It's going to be a brawl. It's going to be with pitchforks. Yeah. So, moving on, we have... Uh, they're like, okay, we really need to cor- connect to Karuk. They go up to this volcano that Naya, Naya Hida takes Kiyoshi and, and company up so that she can connect to Karuk. And he starts explaining fire. How no two fires are the same. But they're all part of a fire right but yeah. no two flames are the same mm-hmm. it's an interesting like philosophy but it's like a very spiritual yeah what is so he says what does he say he says one in many so he's explaining to her he's he's, he's creating like a physical connection with the fire he's like an example like like you are a flame but you're one in many flames right and you're not the same but you're all flames and she's talking he's talking about karuk and and Kyoshi and Yang Chen and, and all of these other previous right, avatars right. and how they're all in the same, but they're all, but each flame is different. Mm-hmm. And she has her kind of chant one in many. One in they're many. sitting there fire top of the volcano um, uh, on North Chungling. Cause that's what it is. Chungling's a volcanic Island. A lot of the fire uh, islands are. It's kind of like Hawaii, I imagine. Yeah. But like and, more volcanoes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, all of them dormant, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, so she's chanting this away. They're sitting there meditating and, uh, and then boom. The elements around her start whirling. Yeah. And then she enters, it's not the spirit world. She enters the memories of Avatar Karuk. Yes. Well, uh, Nyheitha does say your spirit left your body, but she doesn't. She's actually, she doesn't enter the memories. She sees, she sees it from the outside. But she can feel all of Karuk's thoughts, his feelings. She can. She's watching it, but she has that connection to Karuk that she can feel everything. That's I think going she on feels now. it like it's her memory, but she's watching it. Kind of like play like out when you're dreaming. It's like and somebody you can see yourself from the outside. Yeah, it's like somebody was mm. was uh, somebody was uh, reenacting her memory, but really it was Karuk right. because they share the memories, right. right? Like she was watching Karuk play out something that she felt was a memory to her mm. because one in many. So we see, we see how Karuk was this handsome young guy and how he meets uh, Jianzu and Jianzu and him bind, uh, bonded over for one Karuk felt like as the avatar going, being pulled by different elements, being like, you're an earthbender. You're, you're a, but now you're the doing different fire. styles. Yeah, it's it's like tolling on on him as a person, and no one understood that except for a young man from the Earth Kingdom, Jianzu, and they bonded, 
and they, they played pie show they together. They played pie show together. They were like inseparable. And then one day they go. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I, I do. Like, I love this too. I love this. One day they go. They're in the one of the air temples and they're trying to steal a bison. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, "There's no. We need freedom. We need to get out. Yeah, of here. yeah, need, yeah. We, what's going to give us our freedom? An, an air bison. Yeah, a bison. Yeah, you know what I mean. A sky and bison. They get caught up trying to steal a sky bison from the air nomads. Yeah, <laughs> and Kelsing gets assigned by the they're like actually they don't get punished no. it's like because it's the avatar it's like this is actually a learning experience and you know what you need someone to train you in in like the air nomad philosophy and they assign kelsang to him who's does not want to do it because he's like they're he's like they're bison thieves like, yeah fuck these guys yeah so begrudgingly kelsang yeah. now Gets added to uh, Karuk's team avatar. The Air Nomads say, "Listen, you can you can't have a bison, but you can have an Air Nomad that has a bison to join your crew." Mm-hmm. He gets assigned to them, right? And they're like, "Oh, well, at least we got a bison, right? All right, well, yeah, we still get a bison." Yeah. Uh, what is what is the bison's name? What is, what's Kelsey's bison name again? Uh, oh, I can't remember. It. I can't remember. We'll have to mm. we'll have to think back on that. My bad. Yeah, but. Uh, what is it? Oh, that's going to bug me I so know, much. Dude. <laughs> what is it? Hold on. What is it? I'm going to have to look at this. So, but, uh, yeah, while you're looking that up. So, what, what we're doing, so, so, we're still in Karuk's memories. So, as soon as they get the bison, the next step is they go to the Fire Nation. And they're waiting on their next companion that they're going to be picking up, an adult. So, at this time... Uh, um, Karuk and 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 Jianzu and Kelsang, they're all Pang Pang, Pang Pang. That's it. <laughs> right. Pang Pang, they're the bison. So they're uh, they're expect they need an adult in the group because they're all kind of young still. I would assume they're probably what around Kyoshi's age at mm-hmm. this time. Um, and uh, they need an adult in the group, so they go to the Fire Nation. They have this adult male firebender that's supposed to go and join their crew. He ends up getting injured or sick or something along the way, and he assigns his. Understudy, his understudy yeah. to him, which is Hey Ram, and immediately, Krug tries pulling out the moves. He's like, baby. "Hey, what's up, baby?" Yeah, dude was such a player, man. It's funny that Karuk loved He Ran, and then the next Avatar loved her daughter. Yeah, yeah. Well, He Ran kind of flirts back a little bit. Too. Yeah, but He Ran's so professional. Yeah, that it's like, well, I, I don't. She think... likes it, and she definitely has feeling for him too. But she knows it can't ever be. Yeah, yeah. This, and then, uh, which I thought was kind of, uh, it made me wonder. I was like, what, what would have happened if they ended up, you know, like right. being, a, being a. But then he ran, ends up marrying a man from the Fire Nation as they. Um, you know what? I think I'm getting ahead of myself, actually. Sorry. No, they I... talk about this in, in, in Rise. Uh, he ran was a little kind of disappointed in Karuk because he was kind of a player. You right. know, and he walked in. She walked in on Karuk with a with a woman once. Mm-hmm. After and and we get more into that later. We do get. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yes. I'm like, I think we are getting a little ahead of ourselves. Okay, we do. So yeah. she comes out of that, and yeah. but at the same time, Kiyoshi doesn't really feel like she learned much because, like I said, she did know about Karuk's history and who he was, and she still gained that same. That same feel of him, that same vibe from him. She's like, I get it. Karuk's this yep. playboy avatar didn't, you know, 
what am I learn? What am I supposed to be? Yeah. What am I supposed to be doing here? And uh, they do that. She is actually in that state through the whole night. They meet mm. at dusk, and at dawn she is when she comes it? out of it. Interesting. Uh, Nihitha was taking a little nappy, you know, waiting for her. They wake up. They see something on the hillside as they're coming back down. We don't know what it is quite yet, but they start sprinting down to the town saying, if anybody sees this, shit's going down. Shit's going down. Now we're at the interlude. This is kind of, I like, I like how FCE writes this book because he just throws, he takes away from our current plot and he's like, here's also what's going on. Yeah. Here's what you missed. Because we were talking about, we were talking about, uh, Father Glowworm and you know Naihitha was talking about how that curse played down into Kiyoshi and now it's kind of going back to that. It's a little interlude in the book where he's like, let's let's add a little frame around what's and, what's and we're really going back to book one. Yoon wasn't didn't just get killed by Father Glowworm. They had a battle. Yeah. Which Yoon was able to earthbend in because he took a physical portal to the spirit world. Right. Because because Glowworm pulled him out of the physical world into the spirit world, he could bend there. He didn't connect to the spiritual world. Spiritually, he was pulled out of the physical world. And when Yoon realized he can bend there, he's like, it's on. Oh, yeah. It's on. Yeah, and he as he's battling Father Glowworm, he goes, I was told that I'm Karuk's equal in earthbending. Right? Yeah. He's like asking him, like, how do I stack it's up, like, bitch? It, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's painted really well. It's a showdown. He's like, how do I... How do I stack up against Karuk? And Glowworm's like, if he hadn't, if Karuk hadn't had the better of me, like hadn't injured Smashed me, you. I would, I would have fucking killed you. And uh, it's a dope battle. And it, yeah, it really, made me have a lot of respect for you, dude. I was yeah. like, you know, you're so badass, dude. Really, you need to go and just re-re- read this fucking chapter, and just really, because it's such a a great battle sequence, and and. Um, Right. Yeah, it's a lot to get into because it's a pretty drawn out battle. They're talking. He doesn't. Yoon doesn't even know how long he had been in there. It gets to the point where he all he's focusing on is not losing consciousness. Mm-hmm. He's like from exhaustion or either getting knocked out. He cannot falter. As he approaches this, like kind of like I'm at my wits end thing. Yoon, he Father Glowworm propositions him with the idea of merging together. Right, and he tells him, I can create a passage for you to... I can make it so you can pass through the spirit world into the earth You can create passageways between the spirit world and the physical world. And all you have to do is eh, bring me to, you know, some sacrifices every once in a while. Yeah, which is kind of cool because Yoon has a conflict with that and that he doesn't want to hurt innocent people. Right. Which is interesting that we're seeing this back in book one because as we see Yoon in book two, in shadows in book two uh he's evil he's like yeah he's he's he froze the entire all of the fire nation nobles in the ground like he's a killer yeah he's a killer and it's like something happened along the way what happened this is where we find out well not exactly this is where we find out just how he survived so so he gives him passage and then yun agrees so as as Father Glowworm prepares to basically absorb Yoon, Yoon double-crosses that, opens a gap in the earth, and then traps Father Glowworm inside of it. 
Yeah, Father Glowworm falls into the crack and then he crushes it around him and locks him in. And as so, Father Glowworm is dying because of this. Father Glowworm shrinks. His spirit, because he's getting defeated, his spirit shrinks. As we saw in book one, as he gets injured, he shrinks in size. Right. And Father Glowworm's like, what are you doing? And Yoon's like, the same thing you were about to do to me. Now Yoon's going to absorb Father Glowworm. How does he do that, Clark? Oh, shit, dude. (laughs) So Father Glowworm's shrinking in size. He becomes just an eyeball. Right, and we know glowworm is uh as a uh, basically the same species of spirit as he reminds me of of Ko the face dealer. Yeah, That's they're this. I think they're one in this. They're like the same kind of spirit. Uh huh. So it, so we so he basically shrinks down to just the face size and then just the eyeball, and that's all that's left of him. And Yoon plucks him out from the ground and pops him in his mouth. Pops like a like a grape just. <laughs> And fucking eats the eyeball, <laughs> and then and then it ends with this. Yoon was never a picky eater. Uh, it's it uh, really. I could go back and just reread this chapter yeah. if I'm like if I I'm feeling like shadows. You know, don't I just go back and reread this chapter? Definitely one of the awesome fight scene and just like it's painted so well. Uh, it like. A battle with the spirit, dude. How cool is that? And not yeah. only that, but like one of the oldest spirits in right. the, that is known to right. to to man. Right. You know. So that interlude, and I just love, I just love that. Well, the I want to. I, so I gotta. Much. It makes me wonder though. So Yoon, when he's talking to Father Glowworm, he still is like concerned for innocence. Mm-hmm. We're seeing him now, not really so concerned with innocence. So, do you think it was Father Glowworm being like consuming him that? change that or do you think it was his conviction that we learn later in the book that changes his perspective Mm. well let's get to that uh a little bit later okay a little bit we'll we'll have uh we'll have something changes after this this, but you know what which one is it just something to think about something i see what you're saying you know so we go back now to their awakening on the mountain and they see something they see a message in the mountains and they're like, oh, no, we know shit is about to go down. Yeah, if anybody sees they this They want to cover this up before things get bad. And sure enough, they're too late because the clans are already in the street about about to show down. Yeah, North, the residents of North Chungling are already yelling and, and up in arms at the Sawan clan. Sawan clan's ready to fight. They don't know what's going on. All that we know is that... North Chung Ling says this is a work of the Sawan clan trying to undermine Zoryu. Right. And Ranji, as this is as this conflict is building, Ranji asks Kaolin, please, please talk some sense into your aunt. Like, we can this can be settled peacefully. We don't need to come to this. And Kaolin goes, Of course, the daughter of a shorn, honorless animal would resort to begging. Oh, dude. And Ranji's like, all right, shit's on site, punches her in the face, and then now the brawl has broken Yeah, down. the Samwan use that as justification to start their yep. attack. Rightfully. It's, yeah. It's like prison riot time. I, yeah. You know. So, uh, so uh, Kaolin gets up, and she's like, and, and Ranji's like, oh, schoolyard rules, no Agni fire Kai, Schoolyard rules, no fire Because if they do, the whole town will literally explode. Right. So Ranji and and Kaolin start going at it, and they're like 
bare knuckle boxing. They're both very talented fighters. And Ranji actually, I mean, if you think about it, she kind of cheats because what she ends up doing, she does like a backflip with a jet step. Yeah. And brings her knee down <laughs> on Calwin's head. <laughs> oh, dude, dude, she murks her. Knocks it's her out. So cold. satisfying. Knocks her out. It's cold. so satisfying. Then she turns her over and she's about to she's about to end her. Yeah. Which I was like, please do it. I was like, fuck that bitch up, you know? And Kiyoshi stops her. Kiyoshi's like, Ranji, what are you doing? And then they rush Calvin off to see uh Master Atuat who's set up a healing tent already in one of these. She's uh, in a noodle, noodle shop. shop. Yeah. yeah, she's in a noodle shop setting up a makeshift hospital because there's so many people getting right. injured in this brawl. Right. I pictured like a big brawl in the street, like gangs in New York style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like That's like, what it is. Like, boom, That's what it just is. clubs and stuff. Kiyoshi's running through, knocking people's heads together, splitting up battles. Jinpa shows up, and just his presence, because he's an air nomad, uh, starts breaking up. The fight. Some people stop fighting just because they see him. Other people, he's walking around with his staff and smacking them in the shins to, to mm-hmm. get them apart. And they have enough respect for the Air Nomad that they actually stop fighting. Right. And when Kiyoshi and Jinpa meet up on uh, on this battlefield, Kiyoshi says, hey, who's with he ran?" And he's like, uh, no one? Yeah, she's in the hotel by herself. She's at the inn by herself. And then they realize... Oh no, that's not a good thing. So they run over there, and he ran, and Yoon are playing pie show. Yeah, Yoon wearing the uh, camellia, the camellia flower insignia. He's wearing Sanwan clothes. He's right. so what we learn is that he snuck in with the Sanwan clan, or at least got some clothes from them, or something, and uh, was able to kind of make his way through the crowd into where Heyran was at. And now he's playing Pi Show right across from Heyran. And what they do, one one of the details we really love about Pi Show is when you know you're gonna win, you announce how many moves it'll take to win. Yeah. And you can you can honorably like call the game right there. Call the game. Yeah. yeah. And he says eighteen moves and he ran's like, You're right. And then he picks up he bends these Pi Show tiles together and do a spike and launches it into He Ran. Right into her neck. Right into her neck. Stabs her in the neck. Right. And <laughs> it's so brutal too, dude. But when he does it, he ran, grabs him by the wrist and goes for a firebending strike to his chest to try to kill him. And what we're, so this is, we, we need to remember what he ran said to Kyoshi before they embarked on this journey is that she's going to have to make a sacrifice and use he ran as bait and she can't hesitate on it. Heyran throws her strike. Yoon deflects just slightly, just enough to get burned in the shoulder. So he's badly injured, so he has to retreat now. Yeah. So Kiyoshi can go running after Yoon. He's injured, but she doesn't. And Heyran's like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I just gave you the opening we talked about. Yeah. And But she, she can't do it. She's like, she can only be, she needs a miracle and the miracles in the noodle shop, Master Atuat. So instead of pursuing, instead of pursuing Yoon, she takes Hiran to get healed, which probably pisses them off. Well, that you know that pisses Hiran off. So next, um, 
Next. We need some better chairs. I'm all squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I know. I started a wrench in your thought process. I can see it. It's like you're trying to you're trying to formulate a thought. And it's like creak, creak, creak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Yuna escapes, and he ran is now in recovery. Um, they rush she, her off to Atwa at right, the noodle shop. Right. She's in recovery. She can't talk. So she's writing on chalk and R- Ranji's in there. And this is where Ranji learns about their little agreement to use he ran his bait to let her die. And now Ranji is pissed off at Kiyoshi for letting that happen. He ran is pissed off at Kiyoshi for not capturing Yoon for literally like, it's like, this is what we talked about, and you blew it. Yeah. And Atua's like, I really don't want to be you right now. <laughs> uh, who are the two people you don't want mad at you? He ran and Ranji. Yeah. Ranji. And both of them are mad at you? Yeah, no. And it's kind of interesting, because Kyoshi kind of feels this tug. Like, she let down Ranji because she let her, he ran get hurt. Right. She let down he ran because she didn't sacrifice he ran to get Yoon. So she's like... Between a rock and a hard place. You can't win. You can't win. In this chapter, by the way, it describes um, Jinpa as the airless airbender, which we couldn't figure out last episode. <laughs> we, were, we were trying to debate. Yes. I'd say, so Jinpa does not have an arrow. Yeah. And I wish we would get more detail as to why. We can kind of like... Uh, I. <sighs> Yeah, he was never he he got assigned to her. We already know this. He's he's a he's a white lotus. We yes, we know this a little, a but little bit. It, it hints at too. Yeah, it so he didn't he got assigned to her not because he was a master, but because he's a white lotus. Right. So you're like, okay, you know what? That's kind of cool. So Ranji storms out, and then he runs there writing with chalk. She keeps erasing things, writing on the walls. It's kind of it's kind of a funny scene because at one point Kiyoshi like earth bends the chalk off the board to help her out, and um, it's just interesting. And and you know she's worried about how Ranji reacts to her, and he runs like, look, she's she's not gone forever, like. She loves you, and because she loves you, I love you. You're just as much a part of my family as Ranji is. And sure enough, at the end of the chapter, Ranji comes in with a bowl of noodles, throws <laughs> throws it in her hands. She's like, you haven't eaten since yesterday. Throws the chopsticks at the floor and, like, storms back out. And it's just so – it's it's pretty cute. It not going to lie. I know. In, in the – I just liked it because it was like Hiran was right. You know, she's like, you've known, you're in love with my daughter, but I've known her since she was born. Right. She's not mad at you. She's going to be back. And even within that same scene, she's back with a bowl of noodles for her. It's like, you understand really that. And Ron- he runs like, see. Ranji's a ride or die, dude. Ride you know, she'll die, be mad. Baby. She'll be mad, but she'll come back for you. She'll make sure you get your food. So next chapter, we, we do find out that uh, the message written up on the hill said, Hail Fire Lord Shajin. So that's what pissed people off so much. Um, obviously, the people of North Chungling are going to assume this was the Sawan that did this. Um, and they go to investigate this. Kiyoshi and Jinpa fly over there to investigate this and get rid of it. So, you know, it can't do any more harm. When they're up there, you would imagine it's a melanium crop, uh, which is another one of those Avatar things where they combine two things, whatever. Yeah. And they 
I wonder what a melon yam would look like. Do you think it looks more like a yam or more like a melon? I feel like it looks like a striped yam. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> like an orange striped yeah, yam. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and Ying Yang starts licking the dirt instead of eating at these rotted yams, which you would imagine he would do. So Kiyoshi sees that, and so she eats some of the dirt. Coming from the Earth Kingdom, uh, from uh, Yokoya, Yokoya, especially, which is a farming town. Right. She's familiar with the dirt, right? So she takes a bite, realizes that it's been salted. Right. And what we know about salt was that the Sawan clan, Huazo, had bought the local salt mine. And she deduces that uh, the Sawan had supplied Yoon with the materials to earthbend that salt into that message on the mountainside. Right. Which I think is pretty, I mean, that's a pretty obvious thing to, that's a pretty obvious conclusion to make, mm-hmm. you know, now that you see it's made out of salt. So now that she knows this, she has, she starts forming this plan to get a confession from how, how, how do you say her name? Huazo. Huazo. I can never, I always want to say Hauzo. Well, I'm probably wrong too. We're probably all wrong. (laughs) I don't even know. It's Giant Pop. The only one we know we've gotten right is Kelsang. Is Kelsang and Kyoshi because (laughs) Kyoshi's actually said out loud. Right. Right. uh, A Ying Yang, we could probably say that's fair to say that that one's right. But I think we might have gotten every single name wrong so far. Yeah, we might have. (laughs) She tells Jinpa her plan and she expects a counter argument, him being an air nomad wanting to do uh, peaceful. And she doesn't get one. So the plan is she thinks that that to her, the salt in the mountain was evidence enough that the Sawan had indeed facilitated Yoon. And they've been like harboring him, uh, even though he's a fugitive of, of not only the Fire Nation, but really the world. She's a, he's a fugitive from, of the Avatar. Right. And then she draws this conclusion, and we both really like this part. She says, what a crew they made. They're made up of a disgraced firebender, being Hiran, a sage without sanctity, a sage without sanctity, Nayahida, a doctor who let people die, who's Ottawa, and an air nomad involved in dirty politics. That's Jimpa. I liked how she left Ranji out of this because Ranji is really the only noble one out of their group. She she has this like righteousness about being a proper team mm-hmm. avatar and the avatar doing the right thing that she leaves her out. And they, oh, she, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because she even says like the Flying Opera Company probably would have gotten along with these people. Yeah, she compares them to her first team avatar, and she's like, it's exactly the same. Like, yeah, but Ranji's that consistent. No, we're righteous the whole time. Righteous, mm-hmm. righteous, 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 righteous. And since she leaves her out of this thing, I we she leaves her out of the plan too. Mm-hmm. She decides that she's formulating and. So the plan, she starts executing this plan. The next morning, her and Atua go to the port to cut off Huazo from leaving. Because Huazo's work here is done. She did exactly what she set out to do. She wanted to disrupt Zoryu's uh, supporters, basically. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what are you going to do? Stop me from leaving? And then Kiyoshi launches her ship like a hundred meters offshore and freezes it, and she's like, "Yeah, that's exactly what I'm gonna do." <laughs> yeah, well, I, and one thing I thought was really cool too is that she brought Atwat because they were at a dock, and she wanted another strong right water bender there. And I think Atwat's like 
I think you got this. Yeah, she's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but Huazo thinks it's hilarious because she's like, you're just fucking playing into the plot. Just like, like Shajin was at the fire palace, yep. you know, at the at the garden party. You're just going to make it worse. They're smug assholes about it, dude. Fuck these I know, dude. I really don't like the South. And one. so she kidnaps Huazo, but Huazo basically agrees to go with her. Yeah, because cause she thinks like, it's emboldening yeah, their cause. Yeah. Um... What does and, she say? She and says, she says uh, yeah, they, she referenced Pai Show. She says, never interrupt your opponent in the middle of making a fatal mistake. Yeah. Which is pretty, uh, honestly, that's pretty, that's pretty a uh, baller uh, move. Yeah. You know, like, that's pretty, it's just like, hey, do it. You're making a fatal mistake right now. To say that to the avatar, right. you know what I mean? Like, that takes some balls. Yeah. And then she brings her back to, because they're getting ready, they're about to leave, and Huazo sees uh, hey, Ran, and she's laughing. And she says, when my clan triumphs, there will be no mercy for the Sainaka. Because she, she's mocking He Ran. And He Ran responds, and she speaks instead of writing, because there's no way she's not going to look like a chump. She says, we have no need for mercy, only justice. Dude, which is, let's take a second to talk about that. Because that's basically, it's another reminder of, this is what formed Kiyoshi. You know? Right. Right. Only justice will bring peace. Exactly. This is this is a philosophy we see Kiyoshi bring into The Last Airbender, and this is part of where it comes from. Yeah. It's part Jianzu, but it's also part Heiren. Yeah. You know what it's, I mean? It's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of everything. And uh, I thought it was really cool. It, it seemed like it was like... It was obviously very intentional. That Oh, yeah. You know? Like, oh, yeah. I think FCE put that in there Well, you know he's a fan. Well, dude. Nobody does it better than this guy. Yeah. Man. This is the... He understands the Avatar world and how it all plays together. And it was really cool to see, okay, we're actually, it was a reminder to me, like, oh shit, we're not just reading Kyoshi. We're like learning how Kyoshi became Kyoshi. Correct. You know, we're not just observing these times in history. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, it was actually really cool. I actually really liked that. So now Jinpa and Kyoshi are heading out with Huazo and they're, they're getting Ying Yang ready and... And uh, Ranji finally figures out, like, she runs. She's like, what's going on? Kiyoshi's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and pulls out a fan and sinks Ranji into the ground. Yeah. And up, Ranji, to her, up to her knees, I up think. Up to her knees. Yeah. She's like, what? What is this? Kiyoshi, is this you? And Kiyoshi leans over and kisses her on the head. And she's like, basically, I'm sorry. And it rings back to Hiran's earlier advice that says there are some places... You have to go where my daughter will never go. Yeah, and so she abandons. It's Ranji kind of a there. solemn. It's really sad. It's kind of sad, you know. She's like, and she says, she says, "Please forgive me," mm-hmm. and then she just leaves. Right, and it even and it even goes in to say that she had uh, Jinpa take him high enough to where she couldn't hear Ranji screaming her name. Right, because she just couldn't deal with it. She knew what she was doing was breaking her lover's heart. You know what I mean? But she had to do it. Kiyoshi, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> it was it was actually I was like, damn, dude. You know, like this kind of sucks. Like Kiyoshi's yeah. just another thing that just like she has to make a sacrifice. You have the when you're reading this, you just you don't know exactly what her plan is, but you're like you're you can tell Kiyoshi is like really conflicted with this. Yeah. And she still was listening to Hiran. She knew Hiran was right. She can't take Ranji on this because Ranji being the honorable person she is would never agree to it. No. No, she never would. Or even or even if 
Ranji follow. She wouldn't want Ranji to follow her just because she's the Avatar either. She didn't want to bring her down this road with her. Yeah, it's really important. It's really important to the. the it's an important scene. It really is. It, it it's exactly what we had been and kind of anticipating the whole time. What is going to be this thing that Kyoshi has to leave Ranji behind on? It's and this is it. is this is it right here. So they're flying. They're flying away. Uh, during this time. Huazo's a, a chatty motherfucker, so she's trying to get in Kiyoshi's head, and Kiyoshi actually lets her. They learn more about uh, Huazo, Huazo's relationship with Firelord Sheryu, um, how they were deeply in love until one night, as soon as he saw this other woman, um, Lady Sulan, Zoryu's mom, she, Huazo knew she was out of his head forever yeah like, he basically was like later bitch and like yeah. as soon as he saw it, he like went with her yep and like it's it's like really disgraceful i get you kind of understand where and kiyoshi understands where the sawan are coming from they really were disgraced by the fire lord um and even later she explains that zoryu his name contains a character like zo and it's and it's a character that the Sawan, it represented their family. Yeah. Like their signature or like, you know, something like that. It was a like symbol. That. Like, you know how like in a lot of like. Right. Uh, yeah. Like in like in like in a Chinese writing, like one symbol can mean many things. Right. This is one right. of those things. Right. And Lady Suwon, Sulan used it in Zoryu's name just to. Be, she said, oh, it, it looks so pretty. But really, she does. Did it to add insult to injury. Like, I stole your man. I stole your name. Yeah. And by the way, I stole your right to the throne. Like, Lady Suan, you're kind of a bitch, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck you. Uh, uh, Huazo says that it was like, she was just naive. She's like, how could the how could the future fire lady be, our first fire lady be so naive? She right. goes, I would have been a better fire, you know, better for the fire lord because I understand honor and, and respect and, right. and this and that. And it was just, it was a nice little cherry on top that really sparked this entire right next, you know, 20 years of, of the Sawan clan kind of building up to try to, to what they're doing, to now. what they're doing now. Something I just wanted to put a, as a side, we didn't mention this last episode, but Shay Jin is the older of the two. It's, it's uh Zoryu's half brother, but he's older. So that's why they they're like he has a better claim to the throne than Zoryu does if he hadn't been shunned, basic or the, if they hadn't been stripped of that title. Yeah, we forgot to mention that last episode. So that's important to remember because that's because it's a it's a it's a monarchy really is what it is. The right. firstborn should have the right claim to throne, but since Sheryu like basically banished. Uh, well, he started banging Lady Sluan. Well, yeah, but then in book one, they also talk about how uh, Shajin was sent off. No, 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 no. Shajin isn't in book one. We're talking, we talked about it last episode. Oh, no, you're sorry, right. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We talked about it last episode, but yes. So they, they, uh, they take her to the first Lord's Harbor, which is like a, a cliffside with like jutting rocks. She knows about this place because it was one of... Jianzu had a hideout there, and she basically abandons Huazo there for whatever reason. They're not sure. We're not sure about it yet. 
Yeah, and you can't get to it by ship because it's too nope. treacherous. The rocks, the waves. You can only get there by bender, and it's a secret spot. Bending or a bison. No one would ever think she was there. there. So, and then they leave to go to the Fire Nation now. And on their way, she talks to Jinpa. And they ask, uh, ask Jinpa, you know, why, why has he never stopped her? And he says, well, I'm an air nomad, but I'm a part of another community. And Kira, she's like, <laughs> Kira, she's like, you're Pai Show friends? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all she knows about. She she doesn't know anything about goes, about who these guys are. It's so obscure, you know. Like she just knows that she he plays Pai Show with a bunch of dudes, and right. that's his community that has such an influence over him. Yeah, and he explains that this this community is has the philosophy of beauty and truth, a love for the greater world that air nomads don't have. Because of this, air nomads have this love for all life, but they have like their own sanctity and their own. Um... Oh, geez. They separate I... themselves from the physical world because right. they're, they... they don't want to be beholden to it. Right. They're more spiritual than that. Whereas the White Lotus has very common like beauty, art, truth, but they have to be tied into the world affairs in order to accomplish this greater goal whereas the air nomads are part are separate themselves from that and this is really interesting because this is the first time we've seen the air nomads really in in all of avatar you know the first we don't see them a lot in the last airbender this is the first time we've seen them how they actually act in the world Mm -hmm. and how they interact with the world and they don't, <laughs> you know, the I mean, point, they'll yeah. welcome people in, you know, but, but they have this, this separation of, of worldly tethers. So, uh, well, what was really cool about this conversation with Jinpa is that she's like, how do you, how do you reconcile the two? And he goes, I have to live with my choices. I mean, then he says it just like anybody else. Right. And it was almost like a not a backhanded comment, but it was all it was almost like alluding to like Kyoshi's choices. Like, w- for instance, leaving Ranji on the shore, you know, knee deep in in the ground. Uh, she's got to live with that. You have to right. reconcile these things. You have to like when you're in this position of authority as a as a avatar, just like you're really just like anybody else. You got to live with your decisions, just like Jinpa's doing. And there's actually a quote from this chapter that's really good. Jinpa says, a gardener who nurtures a flower must have their hand in the dirt. Very Iroh. Very, very Iroh philosophy. And that's that's why it's White Lotus philosophy. Yep. We have to do we have to do what is necessary in order for the world to be this flower. We have to put our hands in the dirt. It was like super freaking Iroh. You know what I mean? Right. Like I just, I just loved everything about it. It was, it was really cool. It really opened up not only just the air nomads, but how the air nomads and the white lotus and the avatar, how their kind of role in the world. It was, it was, it was, it was pretty neat. Correct. And now they're on their way to the fire palace. Yes. They're gonna go talk to Zoryu. Uh, she's gonna tell Zoryu his, her plan, what she's already done. Huazo's already on this little hut on the shore, on the on the cliff face. Uh, she gets there and she's having this discussion with Zoryu, and Zoryu's not really happy about it. Like, he's he's like, "You really did this." Like, he's kind of like, "Okay, what do we do?" And and Kyoshi tells him, 
you have to accept the risk of winning or guarantee of losing. Yeah, she's basically telling him, like, man up. Yeah. Like, she's tired of him at this point being she's, just this, like, pushover over yeah. and over again, not willing to do yeah. anything. And this is why you're losing, because yeah. you're being a pushover. Yeah. You've been telling me. He knows this is true himself. Well, and he's like, he's like, all you've done, well, at first what he's thinking is, all you've done is expedited my demise. Right. Because you're not helping me. Right. And she just ain't having that. You're not helping yourself. Yeah, exactly. You're losing dude. on your own, so I had to do something. He reminds me of that uh, from uh, from uh, Korra, the, air, the, the, the Earth King. Uh, in Korra, the young guy. Queen? Oh, yes. You know, where he's just, yes. Yeah, and he's just kind of like lackadaisical, more about the, more right. about just being a fire when, without the responsibilities of And when Kuvira takes over, he just lays, he, he knows there's nothing he can do. Yeah. He knows there's it's nothing. It's like, you have a backbone, dude. And it, and like, you can get away with that maybe with Korra, but you ain't getting away with that with, with Kiyoshi. Yeah. So then, Zoryu apprehends Shajin. Yeah, he she, sends his men. Yeah, she has uh, Kyoshi has Zoryu uh, go ha- apprehend, apprehend them. Shajin. and Shajin uh, does the exact same thing his mother did. He's just a smug asshole. Fucking uh, agrees to be taken. I hate that because he's just he's just like yeah you're you're just making it worse. So making it arrogant, worse. dude. So making arrogant. That one's so arrogant. For what? Why? Well, we know why. Well, we know why they are the way they are. I know, but like it's like. To me, that's not enough justification for being as smug as they are. Yeah, you know true, what I mean. True. Like they're just. But uh, they're on. The, they believe they're on the cusp of winning. Yeah, yeah. They're a little too comfortable in their position. So Shajin's now on Yin Yang, and they fly back to where they're keeping, uh, Hauzo, Lady Hauzo, God damn it, Wowzo! Wow, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> I can never get it. And Kiyoshi then breaks apart this little hut that she's keeping them in, Earth exposing exposing his mother. Shajin is like, Mom? And she's on this cliff that's Kiyoshi's deteriorating. This is a really, like, this is a really dark moment for Kiyoshi. It's badass, though. She's destroying, she's destroying this cliff, watching, making Shajin the sun... Basically, watch his mother die, threatening to kill his mom. Tell me where Yoon is. You know, she's pissed. I don't think we had seen her this mad before in the books at all. No. Like, she's on. Not like this. Because their denial of knowing Yoon fuels her rage because she's Mm -hmm. convinced. She's convinced. She's like, you guys are are harboring this dude. Tell me where he's at now. And Shajin starts crying. And in the book, it says that she had heard. Like it reminded her of maybe she felt like she cried like this when she saw her parents leave on the bison. Right. She's like, like, like it was that level of tears, like straight up pure desperation, not understanding what's going on, just crying for somebody you love. And to see Shajin like that, she kind of has a revelation. Right. Well, actually, well, she strangles him too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she grabs true. him by the neck and starts holding him out above the sea. So, like, so to play out where they're at in the scene, she, uh, Huazo's up on the, on the cliff face, being held up by Kyoshi's earthbending only. Right. That's the only thing keeping her from falling into the sea. Other hand, she's got Shajin by the neck, and there. So we got Shajin, Jinpa, and Kyoshi up on the bison, 
hovering above the ocean right. and she's got both of them basically now about to be thrown into the sea and jim paul's like this is too far <laughs> this is too far and and he's about to like fly off and she's like don't i'll lose concentration and kill them both yeah this they'll, they'll fall into the sea and this is a first time uh that we see jim paul actually step in and stop right. kiyoshi on something right. Right. so it's but getting actually real. he can't yeah and he, he can't he, stop her yeah because she's already too deep yeah it's not until Karuk intervenes. He says, Kiyoshi. And she's like, I've never heard Karuk's voice so clear. And he says, Kiyoshi, this isn't you. This isn't who you are. And then... I think, I think real quick, I think that that speaks to the power of this scene. Mm-hmm. Is because she has not been able to hear Karuk at all, but she's so well. Emotional. She is, but not this clearly. Not this clearly, right? She's been able to get like little "I need your help" kind of messages, right? And that's about it. And then now we're actually hearing a complete thought from Karuk. Like it was actually this is like it shows how emotional Kiyoshi was in this moment. It's actually you know what, and they mentioned this in Korra, the end of book one, where where Aang, where Korra first talks to Aang. And he, he says something along the line that sometimes at our lowest point we become, like, is our, like, free. Uh, like, I can't remember the exact quote, but, yeah, yeah you know no, what I'm right. referencing? Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, true. that's exactly that's what happens. That's true to this. And yeah. when she comes out of it, she she sees the anguish amongst them, and she she realizes, she's like, it's not them. They didn't do this. I was wrong. Dude. I was wrong. And she takes them and, and just sets them back on... on the land and says fucking go she knows that they're gonna run back to their clan and tell everybody what happened they're gonna run to the palace and they're gonna tell mm-hmm. everybody what happened and how zoryu was involved because it was zoryu's uh, uh people that that captured shajin right 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 so she just tells them to go leaves them to hoof it back to wherever they're gonna go mm-hmm. and after this point in the book everything everything starts to just everything just comes together after this which is where we're gonna pick up next week (laughs) that's right i think that's a good place to stop i think the cliff edge is a good place to leave a cliffhanger Mm, nice i like the way your head is working (laughs) so anyway everybody thank you so much for stopping by thanks for listening we'll catch you next week uh where we're gonna wrap up shadows of kiyoshi uh, oh, it's getting good too, baby. It's getting. Oh, I'm I'm so excited for for next week's episode. This is it's so funny because we're nearly done with the book, but so much happens in this little in the last chapters of the book that that we can do a whole episode about it. I'm really excited for it. Um, I think it's time we get out of here. What yep. do you think, Clark? Yep, 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 yep. yep.